Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to the Brilliant Light Wellness Podcast, where host Joanne Nuaduck and her expert guests will shed light on issues that impact your health, love, and happiness. Here's your host, Joanne Nuaduck. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Light Wellness. Today we are shedding light on financial health and I have a fabulous guest here named Tammy Johnston and she is just so passionate about educating people about money but what really intrigued me to have her on was when we were chatting recently her comment that talking about money is a more taboo subject than sex is and that much of what she does is, in a sense, marriage counseling. I was very intrigued, of course, because our podcast is all about shedding light on health, love, and happiness. So today we're shedding light on financial health and possibly how it impacts your love life and, and your happiness. So welcome, Tammy. Welcome to today's show. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled that we were able to have this work out. And, you know, my first question to you, though, is what makes you so passionate about money and educating other people? And maybe even tell us a bit about how it started, if you roll back the years. Oh, we'd have to be rolling back a very, very long time because I was always fascinated with money, even when I was a small kid and stuff. Like, I realized that, you know what? money makes things a whole heck of a lot better and you can do a lot of things with money. And, and I grew up in a, in a, in a, in a poor household. Like we, we never went hungry. We always had a roof over our head, but money, there wasn't a lot left over. Just so right. growing up with that and realizing that, yes, it was very important. And I actually kind of fell into financial services. I've been doing it professionally now for over 25 years. And I, I started when I was 19. So really, really young. Wow. And I was going to say, you must've been about six when you started. So 19 is <laughs> close enough to that. Yeah. Yes. I was, I, I was quite young and I'm going, I don't know how I got this old, but yes, I passed my 25 year and, and industry anniversary in March. Well, congratulations. So how does somebody at 19 get into the financial industry in the capacity that you did? What went on in your life around then? Well, actually, I was temping. And I did such a good job that the supervisor fired someone to give me her job. Fantastic. And so I was, I was working in the, 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 the front office of an investor's group office. And then they were bringing in, you had to set goals every quarter and stuff like that. I'm going, I have no idea what I'm supposed to set for goals. And, and my supervisor went, you know what, Tammy, you're really smart. Why don't you like take the licensing exams and stuff? Like that can be one of your goals. So I took them and really liked the stuff. And then they, they uh, at the time, were doing all sorts of personality tests when they were hiring agents and things like that. And they wanted us ladies in the front office take them just to see how it would go, kind of a test. And then all the supervisor, the uh, division manager saw my test and going, you need to go into sales. You need to go into sales. And I said, I'm 19 female and I've got boobs. Like, this isn't going to go so well. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody's going to take me serious yet, but I did get, I did get my licenses. And then, 
So I was an investors group for a few years and then I got poached away and I ran an independent office for two different agents for a few years for that. And then I went and I ran two different MGAs and then I got really, really tired of working for creepy incompetent old men and very disturbed by the stuff that was crossing my desk and wow. seeing, seeing all the things that were going on that I'm going, okay, you're going to cause more problems than what you're supposedly going in there to fix. And how are you guys getting away with this? And then mm -hmm. I started doing my research and found out that Canadians have the lowest financial literacy rate in the westernized world. And I'm going, they're getting away with it because they're lazy. They're, they're lazy. A lot of it's incompetence in a lot of cases and stuff like that. But because Canadians, we don't talk about money. It's not taught in school and all this stuff. People don't know how to ask the questions to know if somebody's actually helping them or just looking out for their own interests. They don't know what they need, what they don't need, because we do not talk about money. And that is so important. I know you and I have had previous conversations and both are on the same page as far as believing that within the school systems, there really is a place that that is a very valid place to increase our financial literacy and to be teaching our children more than what we do now. And I know you would agree because I, I aren't you involved in something along those lines right now? Yes, actually, the uh, Alberta education is going through and completely revamping the entire K-12 curriculum, and they're doing it division by division, so the younger kids are getting theirs first, but uh, I've actually been part of focus groups with the uh, Minister of Education and that on trying to fix what's called the career and life management curriculum, and ah. they, they have the right idea. Unfortunately, they do not have the people with the expertise involved yep. as they should. Okay. So it's a bit like, you know, wanting to teach music, but just pulling, you know, say, whoever gets a short straw, here you go. You really, yeah. you not, not everyone can teach finances, you know, without having the background to do so. Well, and they also have to have, they also have to have a good curriculum. Okay. And they don't like so many kids, my daughter is going into high school in September. She will have her Com 20 credits before she goes into high school because she can do it on a weekend through correspondence. And not that that's a bad thing, but they're just doing it to get the credit. They're not actually learning anything. It's not yeah. put together properly. And to be very honest, half of the curriculum is false. Right. So our, okay. Our kids are being taught lies about money. In right. School. And that, it just sets my blood to boiling when I see that. Yeah. Well, you're very passionate about this. Um, tell me a little bit about how your business is structured right now, because you've moved away. You have your own company yes. and, uh, you know, maybe just share with us a little bit about how that came to pass. You, you shared that you, you know, you were tired of working for people that you felt that you had a better message. Mm -hmm. um, so what, it, what do you, what are you offering now? So I, I went into, into the dreaded insurance sales 16 years ago mm -hmm. and set up my own company, The Financial Guides, and I set about creating educational material. So I created my first course, which I call Financial Journeys, and okay. everything you need to know about money think you do, and I guarantee you don't. And okay. I've been teaching that course to the public for over 16 years. Um, I have taught 
in all over Alberta. I've taught in BC. I've had people fly in from Toronto and New Brunswick and all over to take the class because they've been referred. Uh, I also do a lot of uh, small business consulting and I have a small business class. I have my children's financial books that we work on getting out to the world because the sooner kids start learning how to ask questions and that money isn't boring or stuffy or nothing but more than math, if you can add, subtract, and count, you've basically got what you need to do to be successful. Yes. So I, I do a lot of I do a lot of stuff. My business is very, very different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. It's very focused on the education. Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. People need to know money is a part of every single aspect of your life. And if you don't know what you're doing or, or how to have the conversations, because it's an extremely emotional subject Mm -hmm. and, and there's so many fears and stuff that, that come around with it, which, which is what makes it more taboo than, than, than sex. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Actually when people, especially, um, Anyone I know that is in a divorced situation, one of the single biggest fights that people have are around money. Oh, it's even before divorce, dear. Well, exactly, exactly. Um, You know, I guess that's what I'm meaning, kind of before and after it can be the cause of it. And so we're going to take a short one-minute break here. And when we come back, I'd like to pick your brain a bit because you do a fair bit of marriage counseling in essence with your money counseling and I'd like us to explore that as to what are some of the triggers or better yet how can people have the conversations they need to have around money yes of course excellent okay so let's just pause for just one minute stay tuned don't you wish you could turn a radio dial and tune into a station to feel less stress and more energy Just like radio frequencies, the frequencies of your body can become out of tune or full of static. At Sounds Within Wellness, we can help you turn your radio dial to find the right frequency for you through sound therapy. You'll enjoy a sound massage session and receive your therapy track to use anytime you choose. You'll feel relaxed, relieve stress, and feel much more tuned in. Reconnect with your body, rejuvenate, and recharge for greater health and wellness. Visit Sounds Within Wellness to learn more about bringing Sounds Within for transformative healing. Visit us at sandydacy.com front slash sound dash therapy. Hello and welcome back to Brilliant Light Wellness, where we are shedding light on financial health today with Tammy Johnston. And she is from the Financial Guides. And we were just talking before the break all about how she developed her passion with money and had evolved from working in the industry to now running her own business with educating people about money. And we were just about to get into a juicy conversation, Tammy, about I would love to hear some stories or your ideas on the conversations that people have around money and either the conflict it causes or perhaps even some ideas on how to avoid or resolve that type of conflict. I'm going to turn the mic over to you and just, I I imagine you have 25 years of expertise and experience in this. 
Well, the biggest problem is that people just don't talk about it at all because, like I said, it's it's a very hush hush thing, especially for people of the older generation. Like I know it was never ever talked about when I was growing up, and if I'd even asked a question, my father would have cuffed me across the table. Like you don't do that. Yeah. And um, you you you've you've been married before, and you're married now, and stuff like that. Do you notice that that your husband has slightly different ways of looking at things and doing things? Oh, just slightly. <laughs> yeah, just slightly. That's, just, that's, that's part of life. Like I've been happily married. My husband and I are going to coming up on 21 years here and I love him dearly and we're very well matched. But as I'm getting to know my in-laws over the years, I'm starting to understand where some of my husband's quirks come from. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and I know he, I know he's getting the same thing as, as he's getting to know my family and stuff like that. So there's so many people like money is such an emotional subject for some people it's it's freedom and 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 fun and it's and it's and it's what we do to boost our ego and stuff like that and other people it's all like okay scarcity and and we have we have to make sure that we have enough so that we need to make sure that everything's looked after you have all these different competing things but people never talk about it right right and, then, and that and so when someone comes to you they might be coming to learn about money, but what you're finding is when you have a couple there is that there there's an undercurrent of discord in their relationship because of the lack of communication about money or it's triggering a node. So or, or do you not help even, them not through even it? A problem. Okay. That they, 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 they never talk about it. And oh. I don't, like they'll come cause oh, they, I, I've, I've, uh, I, I got pink slipped and I've got my pension package and I, and I want help with that. Or I need to, I need to get some life insurance or stuff like that. And they'll come in for a specific product because that's what they've been talking. And then I just get talking and I go through an awful lot of Kleenex in my office. I'm going, I can have anybody in tears and three questions. Wow. Because wow. no, knowing how, how to ask the questions and, and, and read where they're coming from and, and all of that, because I can put together the absolute best plan for them. But if you don't deal with the underlying emotional issues that they don't even know they have a lot of the time, right. they will mess it up. So no, all that totally time. understand that. Well, of course, within my own, within my coaching, yeah one of the aspects that we work with is belief repatterning. Yeah. So people that have, um, you know, money is often a power. Used it is in, very in much power. It's very much about power and control. And if, you know, there's, there's a lot of angst and anxiety, it's either they're feeling their power is being taken away or they want to keep their power over. And it, it, it can bring up so much and, and stuff we didn't even understand, that emotion. So it, it's good that you're addressing that. And being willing to address it when somebody comes to you. Well, I don't like wasting my time. So if I'm going to put the effort in, I want to make sure it's actually going to work. <laughs> Fantastic. So what type of, um, let's say, what type of advice? Let's do your top three advice um, points. Would you give people on a takeaway right now, if someone's listening right now, is there something they can do with, before they even go and see a professional? Um, what would be your advice for them that they could start improving their financial health? Well, one of the things that I preach on all the time is you need to be actively involved in your financial life. And okay. then that means you need to, you need to be willing to learn things. There's a lot of people that go to a financial advisor and they just, they trust that person and, and it could be very well placed trust, but they're going, okay, whatever that person does, just find whatever. I don't, I don't care. So okay. they, they, they don't ask the questions. They don't get involved. And everybody wants to do the macro stuff. Like they want their RSP to make more money and things like that. But 
I make sure all of my clients have the foundational piece, which is do you actually have a working budget? As in it works for your life, your household. It's not something that you spent days on and, 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 and it's perfect and then you follow it for two days. Right. Like, do you actually understand where your money is going and is it going to where your goals actually are? Because so much of our, our lives, especially our financial lives, are unconscious. Oh, absolutely. We're not aware of all the places that we're bleeding money. Like, we're aware of, okay, the mortgage payment, the car payment, the bake stuff. But the things where people get into the financial difficulties or, okay, I have more money at the end of the month than I have money. Um, Oh, you have more bills at like the end of the month. Out and yep. and the we pick this up at the store and this and that and just all these all these little things and okay, I have no idea what's going on with my bills. Like my clients get financially naked with me. I see everything. They show me their credit card statements, their bank statements. I see everything, and bare minimum for like ninety five percent of the people that come in to see me, I can save a minimum of two hundred dollars a month that they're bleeding and weren't even aware of it. Yeah, that is personal and there really has to be a trust. I mean, I remember once hearing something as simple as, you know, somebody eating out or having a coffee, get those frou-frou coffees, having one $5 coffee a day sounds mm -hmm. like, oh, well, $5. Well, it's $1,800 at the end of the year, $1,800. So those little amounts, um, I did have somebody years ago and she just said, if there's any lesson I would teach anyone is that small amounts of money eke up, add up to a larger bill. Yeah, I call them yuppie food stamps. Yuppie food stamps, I love it. So we've got two so far. So one is be intimately involved. Be intimately Second, involved. involved. Have Second, a budget. Have a budget, which is, I, I, I know, I know because I'm feeling it too, is that people, we just had the back of our hair stand up going, oh my God, I don't know that I have a budget. A lot of people think of a budget as approximate, this is what I should be doing, but they're not using it as a working budget. I think that's really important that, and, and, and someone could come and see you and say, I don't have a budget, how do I set one up? And you would help them do that? Oh, I do it all the time. It's, it's the number one thing that I get. And people think, oh, I make lots of money. I don't need a budget. I have clients that are making half a million dollars a year between the two of them and they come see me for a budget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you make more money, you spend more money, you can still end up broke at the end of the month. Well, yeah. And I'm going, and are you spending in accordance with what your actual goals are and your goals can be all sorts of things. You know what people beat on the latte factor all the time. Yes. That $5, frou-frou coffee and stuff if, if you're doing it just out of habit and stuff like that you just don't want to think about doing it at home that's one thing but you know what if that's your you know what I go to the Starbucks or second cup or wherever you go and that's my that's my peace and my quiet and that's where I put my thoughts together and you know what that's my sanctuary then you know what all the power to you but be aware of it or if you, you know what you and that and that is so important yeah, yeah I go once a week and I'm gonna put the other the other money to going to Hawaii or renovating my basement or whatever. That's yeah. fine. But it's like I said, what what are your goals and are you putting your budget like your money where your mouth yeah. is? Well, it sounds like really important to be mindful of what you're doing. And yeah, what would be your it. third? Is that your third tip or uh, well I'll what? say so before you spend money on anything, ask yourself this question. Okay. Do I really want this? Ah. Do I really want this? And some people say, well, shouldn't it be need? I said, no. 
because need puts in that, that, that feeling of scarcity and it's being kept for me. And that might work for a little while, but you'll sabotage yourself because you're denying yourself something where if you ask your question, do I really want this? Okay. And if you go, okay, I've had, you know what, I've had a really rough day and I just need some peace and quiet and, and, and my chai tea lattes, my happy place right now, I am choosing because I want this. Yes. That's perfectly fine. Are you going, you know what? No, it's just, it's just, it's just a habit. I'd rather put that into my Hawaii fund. Love it. That is great advice. So from the top, it's be involved intimately. Yes. Don't be shy. Have conversations about it. Yes. Get talk a, about get, it. Get a, get a budget, whether you do it yourself or you see a professional. Yes. And the third one is ask yourself before you buy anything, do I really want this? Yeah. Spend money and on the, anything. Thing. Do I yep. really want this? And that comes down like a, like a common one. People spend so much for their cable TV and stuff. And I'm going, well, are you ever even home to be able to watch it? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I'm going to throw in, if I may, one of the things that's really transformed what I do for how I spend money. Cause I find sometimes people go, cheap on some things I'm willing to spend more money on and the other way around because I often look at cost per use yes exactly you know it could be we pull a blouse and it's like oh I really like this and oh look it's on sale and it's only $80 you know or $50 or whatever but you only wear it twice and it's like okay $40 use yet something like say a pillow they're looking for the cheapest pillow and I'm like no I'll spend $100 on a pillow because yep. I sleep on it eight hours a night, every night, 360 days, it's 65 days a year. Yep. And let's get the right number of days in there. And so I look at how long, what's the life of this and how many times am I going to use it? And yep. then I often calculate, is the cost per use worthwhile? Exactly. That, that, that's a big one. That's mm. a big one. And I'm, I'm another one that I'm always doing is, okay, is there, are there ways that I can get the same quality or better for less money. Got like it. There's a lot of people that they're buying new everything and going, okay, right now it's, it's the end of May, beginning of June tomorrow. It's garage sale season. Yeah. And if you're looking for stuff, like I said, especially kids stuff and things like that, they go through it so fast or they break it and do all this stuff. Why would you spend brand new money on stuff that you could get like given to you at a lot of garage sales? Cause they just want it out of their house. <laughs> Yeah, no, I understand. Well, you have such great advice. Now, Tammy, if I know you live in Calgary, Alberta, but you can work in a broader uh, area than that. Can you just share with us who you can work with and how people can reach you if, they, if they'd like to find out more information from you? So I can do absolutely everything for anybody who is in BC or Alberta, because I'm I'm duly licensed in both provinces, um, with a lot of other things, like I have helped people set up budgets and stuff remotely, and we can help people with that. I've, I've had people contact me from all over the States when I've been on different podcasts and stuff. So we're always willing to help them or connect them with people who can do the things that I can't do. So the best way probably to reach me is through my website, thefinancialguides.com. And then you can email me or phone me or do any of that. And we will help you however we possibly can. Well, Tammy, this has been an absolute pleasure and eye-opener, and I truly appreciate you being on. And I uh, wish you all the best with your, uh, shall I say, your financial 
counseling, but also in essence, your couples counseling. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. We'll see you around soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Brilliant Light Wellness Podcast, where light is shed on issues that impact your health, love, and happiness. Join us weekly for new episodes. Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network.